Do you know who you are? You do? Praise God. Listen, I was thinking about something. You know, I, I, I sat there and I thought about how grateful I really am to be raised up right here in Times Square Church. Such a, 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 the wisdom of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost here, and I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful to be able to always call this my home. You know, the Bible says that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it says, how can they believe in the one that they don't know, that they've never heard? And how should they hear unless somebody preach? And how shall someone preach unless they be sent? And I'm grateful to God that he has done just that. He has sent me, but he has given me this covering, this home to always come back to, and I am grateful for that. Yeah, let's give God a hand clap. Praise God. And y'all can pray for the Bronx too. Can I just talk with y'all tonight? I want to read a passage of scripture, but then I just want to talk to you a little bit, okay? Tonight we're going to read from the book of Matthew chapter 19, verses 16, and we'll see where we stop at, okay? And if I had to put a title on this today, it would be called, What Do I Have to Do? What Do I Have to Do? Verse 16, and behold, someone came up to him, being Jesus, and said, Teacher, what good thing must I do that I will have eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me what is good? There is one who is good, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus says, do not commit murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these I have observed. What do I still lack? And I want to stop for a second because as I read this this morning, it made me think about something. This young man, he... First, I commend him as a young man coming to Jesus, and he wanted to know because it was, it was serious for him to know about his soul. He wanted to know how in the world could I live eternally with God? And he asked Jesus. Jesus began to tell him, okay, do these things. And then he told Jesus, he says, I'm already doing these things. And then he says that, and I'm just going to paraphrase, it's pretty much he's saying that it must be something else I got to do because I don't feel like I'm right yet. Because he tells Jesus, he says, well, what is it that I, I still lack? And I thought about the first, that's verse 16. It says, teacher, what good thing must I do that I will have eternal life? And I thought about that word, eternal life. You know, there may be some people that don't speak what we call Christianese. See, sometimes as Christians, we get used to saying some words, and sometimes there's people around us that don't know what that means. Now, sometimes when you think about this word eternal life, we think about forever. And of course it means forever. It means eternal. It means everlasting. 
But this particular word means something so much more deeper. This eternal life speaks of the life of God. You see, there's only one that's good, he says. And, and God himself is eternal. There's no beginning, there's no end. And so how do we come into this place of living eternally, living eternal life? How do we do that? Because it's something that we can't do in our own strength. None of us in this room can live an eternal life. And I thought about this young man. He, he, he asked Jesus, what must I do? And sometimes we think that it's something that we can do that's going to afford us this eternal life with God, the Father. And it's all wrong. There's absolutely nothing that we can do. And now I thought about this word, eternal life. And Jesus, he, yo, I love Jesus because the word of God is so profound, but yet it can be so simple. In the book of John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus begins to explain what this eternal life is all about. It's not about becoming, receiving something when we die. Most people in this room or some people in this room may feel like eternal life is something that begins once we, 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 we die and we're in, in a coffin and we're being buried in the ground and then eternal life begins. And it's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 3, he said this. He says, and this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And I believe what Jesus begins to do right here when he, as we open up the word of God and understand these things, what he's doing is he's telling us, he's, he's unveiling to us the, the, the secrets or the mysteries of God. He's saying, listen, we don't have to try to keep trying to do things to think that it's going to earn us a spot in heaven with God. But this eternal life is not something that we get when we die, but it's something that can begin right now. This eternal life that Jesus is talking about here, that this young man is, is, is grabbing after and seeking for, is something that begins right now in a man or a woman's heart. The Bible says that this eternal life is just knowing you. It's the understanding who God the Father is to us, who Jesus Christ the Son and Holy, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God, who they are to us. You see, I believe that there's some people in this room that God wants to bring you into this place of eternal life. This place of, of intimacy with God, this relationship with God, where we don't just know about God, but we come to this place where we know him. Now, I knew it was going to be quiet in here because, no, I'm going to tell you why. And it's, it's really not funny because this challenges all of us. There's nobody in this room that's exempt from this. See, this place of intimacy is the, it's the most important thing about our Christian relationship. is our relationship with God, our intimacy with God, coming to this place that we know him. You ever attempted to do something for God and then it just don't work out? I was sharing that with some pastors not too long ago. And I watched in the eyes because the Bible says that the eyes are the windows to our soul. And I watched in their eyes that they knew exactly what I was talking about. Because we can come to this place where we're attempting to do the things of God on our own. 
And when it doesn't happen, when we don't see the fruit that we're expecting from God, then there's a frustration that sets in. And we go, this don't work for me. I was sharing with people, you know how many times before I had sincerely had an encounter with God, how many times I called myself a Christian, that I tried to become a Christian, and I tried to do it on my own. I would tell the people around me, I would go, I'm a Christian now. And for three days, that's what I would be. I would be walking around with my Bible, and I would be speaking, reading the scriptures. But then three days later, I'd be the old Derek is back. Because there was a lack of understanding on my part. See, I felt like it was something that I can do to earn God's grace in my life. And I did this repetitively. I did it over and over and over again till I got tired of doing it. And I would always tell people, man, listen, man, that don't work for me. And it was that. It was it. But it wasn't him. It wasn't God that I was knowing. And when I finally had an encounter with God, then I began to be intimate with God. And I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't planning on going here, but here we go. Listen, this intimacy with God, the best way that I can easily explain it is like with a man and a woman. Now, when a man meet a woman, right? Like when I met my wife. Well, not the first time I met her. We met at a party. That don't count. But, yeah, we was backslidden. But listen, when I met my wife the second time, we were both just in a backslidden condition. And, you know, I, I, I really didn't want another relationship. I'm going to be honest with you. And neither did she. We were both in that place. But when we spoke to each other and we talked about what we wanted, she told me, all she wanted to do is be in relationship with God. And here I am, when I tell you unbeliever, I'm talking super duper unbeliever. And, but that's the same thing that I wanted. I wanted to be back in relationship with God. And so what happened is we started spending more time together. And as I was spending time with her, I got to hear her heart. And she got to hear mine. And so it would make us spend more time together. And as we spent time together, we started getting past the infatuation thing. And now I started loving her because I loved her heart. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. You see, as we spend time with God, we start, he starts revealing and opening up his heart to us. And all of a sudden, we start seeing all those good things about God and the plans that he has for our life. And then we want more time. And then as we continue to spend more time with him, all of a sudden, we start to really know his heart. We know his mind. We understand his ways. And then when we attempt to do that, which God begins to speak to our heart, we see the same thing in our life that we see in the scriptures. Because that's how Jesus lived his life. Now, I say that to say, I know that God wants to do something awesome in the lives of all of y'all that's in here. Because we know that God is a strategic God. He don't make mistakes and he don't waste no time. So when God says that he has a plan for good for you, to give you a hope and an expected end, he's serious about that. 
But I believe that tonight what God is doing is he's calling each of us. He's drawing us. He's calling us to himself because he wants to be able to speak to us. He wants you to get to know him on a whole nother level, not to know about him. There's some people in here that can probably take the word of God and quote passages of scripture. I know some people that can do that. But at the same time, I know some people that can do that and it's so far away from God. God wants to do something different tonight. Now, I tell you, that was a sidebar, so I'm going to keep going. Verse 17, he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There's one who is good. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus says, do not commit murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have observed. What do I still lack? Now, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be right, go sell your possessions and give the proceeds to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that statement, he went away sorrowful because he was one who had many possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you that with difficulty, a rich person will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person into the kingdom of God. When I read that passage of scripture, I thought about that word possessions. Jesus comes to this young man. This young man, he's, 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 he's well off. And so he comes to Jesus and he's, he's really hungry for the things of God. And obviously he is because he's, he's living his life in a way that's it's just not normal. And so Jesus began to put his finger on something. And Jesus said, okay, well, you did all that? Okay, cool. And he probably was expecting a pat on his back. But Jesus began to really point at the real issue. He says, I want you to Sell all your possessions, and I want you to give them away. He said, and when you do that, you'll have treasure in heaven. And the first thing I do when I read the scriptures is I say, God, what are you saying to me? And so I said, God, I said, what are, what are some possessions that I might have? What is it that I'm, I may not be willing to get rid of? And then I thought about it. I said, well, could it be my wife? Then I said, could it be my, my beautiful seven children? And then I asked God, could it be the way I think? The way I think about you? The way that I think that you are? How you do things? Your purposes? Could the way I think about you, God, be an issue? Could that be the thing that's holding me back from entering this place of eternal life with you? And what I want you to do tonight is I want you to ask yourself that question. Because listen, see, the way we think can be an issue. You know what I thought about when I read this passage too? I don't care how 
thuggy somebody was, how, how much of a criminal, how gangster they was. I never met nobody that wanted to go to hell. Yo, not even the devil want to go to hell. Because he wouldn't be here bothering us so much. He got free access to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell. But God, he's offering us, Jesus Christ is offering us tonight eternal life. He's offering us this relationship with him where we can come to know him now, right now. Sometimes our thinking, the way we think, can keep us back from that. The way we think God is. Because sometimes we've had experience with our own earthly fathers and mothers and parents and people around us. And we think God is going to operate the same way they do. When I ain't right, when I fail, when I'm lacking, people want to shun me. You know what I'm talking about. They want to talk about me. They want to keep me out of the circles. They want to look at me like I'm a monster. But God is so different. See, God says, come, follow me. Listen, I told you this story. Well, some of you, you heard this story before. But I remember one time I was going on this one mission trip to Columbia. And I, I had this little custom that I did. I would stay up the night before super late so that when I got on that plane in the morning, I'd be knocked out. So the plan came together just like I planned it. I stayed up all night. I got on this plane early in the morning. Bam, I was out. Now, while I was out, I had this dream, right? And in this dream, I was on my block, me and my brother, and we were talking with each other. We always do that. But as we were talking, we heard these gunshots, and then we heard a young man screaming. So just out of instinct, we ran towards the screams. So as we're running towards the screams, we see this young man. He's running down the street, and he's screaming, crying. But there's a man behind him with a gun in his hand, and he's shooting the young man in his head repeatedly. But the young man is not going down. So I wake up out of this dream, and I go, Lord, what, the, what is that? Like, is this you? Are you trying to tell me something? We're going to Colombia now. I get a little rough over there. I'm talking about Medellin. <laughs> so I'm saying, should I make this U-turn, God? What you trying to tell me? So over time, as I just continued to spend time with God and, and continue to talk with God about this dream, he began to explain this dream to me. And he said, Derek, this is how the enemy, the devil, is going to go after this generation. The mind. The lies of the devil in our mind. See, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of us in here, right? And we're all brothers and sisters. So if we had an earthly fight with somebody, they got a problem. Because there's a lot of us. But how about a battle with an enemy that you can't see? How you fight that one? And God says it would be the lies of the devil that would keep us from coming into this everlasting, eternal life relationship with him. And if you're in this room tonight, 
and you don't know who God is. See, one thing I know is you remind me of this young rich ruler in the sense that you came here tonight because you know that God is good. That's why you ended up in the church tonight. But there's something that's keeping you from entering into this relationship with God. And tonight, I just want to suggest that it may be the way we thinking about God. See, it's a tactic that the enemy will use. And I love the Lord because the Lord never leaves us unprepared or uncovered. Because when you read the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 6, there's a whole list of these different parts of armor that God gives us to put on. And tonight, while I'm talking about the thinking, the thoughts, because the Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. You know those thoughts that we hear sometimes repeatedly, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you messed up too much. Surely you're not going to make it. You're not, you're not Christian material. You're on your way to hell. You know what I'm talking about? Those thoughts, those lies. But the Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. He becomes that. And so God, with all of these, these different armors that he put on, tonight he has given us one, and I'm telling you that I'm, I'm so reminded of this particular armor every time the lies of the devil try to bombard my mind. The Bible says that he has given us a helmet of salvation. You know what it is? It's not a physical helmet. You can't see it. It's the simple assurance of knowing that you belong to God. You know what that does? When you are reminded of who you belong to, that you're, you belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God who created the heavens and the earth. I don't care what lie the enemy tries to tell you then because it just bounces right off. And God is affording each of us in this room tonight to be clothed, not only in those other armors, but be clothed tonight with the helmet of salvation. To walk out of this room and no longer have to believe the lies of the devil. You know what he's trying to get you to do? He's trying to get you to go to hell with him. He needs some company. He knows where he's going. His destination is hell. But tonight, every last one of us, there's not nobody in this room by the sound of my voice that's exempt from this. God is giving you, he's want to give you tonight a clean slate. And then he wants to make you that man or woman of God that he intended you to be. And I don't even care what you did. He doesn't even care. Tonight can be your opportunity to make it right with God and then to honestly say that I'm walking in the eternal life relationship. It's nothing like that. Nothing like that. There's no amount of money that you can take in exchange for that. There's nothing that somebody can give you that's greater than that than to walk in this eternal life relationship with God. Listen, tonight, I want to give you an invitation, right? But I'm going to tell you, this invitation is it's going to take some boldness. 
Because sometimes we've been walking with the Lord for a certain amount of time, and we don't want people to think that, you know, I'm over here, I'm over there. You know, we all want to feel like we're in right relationship with God, and I'm not saying that anybody in this room is not. I'm simply saying this, that if you know that your intimacy time with God, it just might not be there. But you want tonight that eternal life relationship with God. You want to be able to know his heart. You want to know his mind. And you want to understand his ways. God wants to give that to you tonight. And then there are people who are not living for God. And you've tried to do this thing before on your own. And even tonight, tonight is like a one more shot for you. It's like you come here and you really, you want what's good. You want God. You just don't fully understand how to, how to do this thing. God wants to make it simple for you tonight. Jesus is, he's calling you. He's, he's calling you in it. And he wants to turn your world upside down. Just like the scripture says that things are impossible with human beings, but with God, all things are possible. God can take your life and use it. I'm telling you, immeasurably. I don't even deserve to be where I am tonight. The stuff that I've done, the way that I've lived my life, I don't deserve it. And because of God's grace, he still extends it to me. And then he just continues. He never stops. He just keeps pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And God wants to give you that tonight. If you are here in this room and you're really sick and tired of the in, I want to live for God and not being able to do it because you fail. If you're sick of that and you just want God tonight, forget all the, the nonsense you just want God tonight. I'm going to ask that person to step out your seat. Come down here. We're going to pray. And I'm telling you something. When we pray to God, he hears us and he answers and he does it fast with no shame. And you say, yo, like I want that relationship that Derek is talking about. Like I don't want to play Christianity. I want some real live stuff. I want my life changed. Listen, don't let this be one more of those times without thinking about God. That it prevents us from going. You see, that thing that's deep down inside every heart that's in this room, that makes you, it's something that says that your life was meant for so much more than what it is right now. That's God. Because he wants to bring that to pass. Because he, he's not a man like us that he would lie. God is able and he's willing but what he needs is he needs a young rich ruler that's ready to come to him to seek him tonight if you're here the spirit of God he's speaking to your heart the devil will also try to speak to you and tell you nah don't go don't do it but listen to the voice of God he knows the plans that he has for you hallelujah Listen, that is the word for you tonight. There is freedom. The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, that there is freedom. There's liberty. And tonight, we want you to walk out of here.
with that freedom, knowing that you are free to be who you are in Christ Jesus. Because after tonight, you don't have to try to do a thing anymore. God does it all for you. So if you're here tonight, right, and this is your first time, you, or it could be your 15th time, you want Jesus in your heart. You want to live this eternal life relationship. I'm going to ask that person to raise your hand because this is very important. This is one of the most valuable decisions you could ever make. Now, I want to pray with all of those that have your hand raised. What I want to, I'm going to pray, right? But my words, I want you to make them your words. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray and then you're going to repeat after me. But see, the difference is, is when you repeat them, the Bible says that if you, if you confess out of your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe it in your heart, then the Bible says you shall be saved. Not might, not maybe, shall. Meaning it's guaranteed. So you mean this out of your mouth when, when you say this, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I don't really understand all this stuff. But I thank you that tonight I am forgiven. Every wrong thing I've ever done is under the blood. Now I thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all of my wrongdoings. Giving me a clean slate in heaven. Now I ask, Father, that you would come into my heart. Now become the ruler and the king and the leader of my life. This life no longer belongs to me. It belongs to you. I surrender all. And now I thank you that you have made me the person of God that you are intending me to be. I can boldly say that I am a Christian, a man or a woman of God. And I thank you for this night and helping me to make this decision. In Jesus' name. Now, I just want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for my precious brothers and precious sisters, God. God, I stand in agreement with them tonight, God. I'm asking that you would seal every decision that was made in this house by the earnestness of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God. God, I pray that you would put a hunger and a thirst in their hearts for the things of God, that you would bring them to that place that they would know you, God. Understand your mind, understand your heart, your purposes and your ways. And I pray, God, because the promises of God are yea and amen for all that are here tonight. I pray, God, that you would do it ex expediently, God. 
I pray, God, that you would raise them up to be the men and women of God that you intend them to be. God, I pray that every curse, God, every lie, God, that it be broken right now in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would give them the victory. You said that you would give us an authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy and nothing, not one thing, shall by any means hurt them. And I pray that when they leave out of this place tonight, God, that you would send a host of angels to surround them, God. Let no hurt, harm, or danger come into them. But I pray that you would create a joy, God. The joy of the Lord. Make that their strength, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would put a pep in their step. Give them the very grounds that their feet tread on. God, I thank you. God, I honor you and I bless you. Now, real quick, those people that came up here tonight and you just want to deepen your relationship with God. You want back into the relationship with God. I just want to pray for you too. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for hearts that can still hear. We thank you tonight for the conviction of the Holy Ghost that would draw us to you, God. Now we're asking, Father, that you would help us, God. I pray, God, that you would cause your word to jump off the page at us, God. God, I pray that every time we sit down in your word, God, we would be reminded that we become face-to-face -face with the God who created the heavens and the earth. We pray, God, for hunger to pray, God, to spend time with you and not necessarily talk, but give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, God. Bring us back into this place of eternal life. God, we thank you because it's true, God. You are good and your mercy endures forever. And so we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, let's give God a hand clap. This was a super duper night tonight for you.